0: Romans chapter 13 Romans chapter 13 Romans chapter 13 I just want to do two verses because that's all we can do today we may not even get to these two but uh, they're important verse 1 let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and Authorities that exist are appointed by God. Verse 2 says, therefore, whoever resists the authority, and in the back of your mind, you can say uh, authorized authority. Whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Amen. Amen. This is the thought for today, the law of subjection, the law of subjection. And I'll explain that thought as we get into the message. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you, God, for this time of life that we're living in, this season that you have called us into, where you're about to change everything in our lives. God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you love us so much that you don't want us to remain the same, but you want us to be all that you call us to be. So God, I submit my will to your will and I allow you to bring me to the place where you can use me. So I thank you for that. I thank you now for every man and woman that's breaking the bread of life around the world add a blessing to their words in Jesus name, amen. And you can be seated. Now, the first thing I want you to understand is that, uh, when Paul is writing this, this is probably one of the worst times that you could be, quote, a Christian and still be joyful because they were under siege by Rome and uh, it's almost, well, no, it's not quite as bad as when we were under siege by America. Somebody, somebody get that late <laughs> So soon we forget that was just black history was just last month, right <laughs> But it was a, it was a perilous time and one of the things that that we see that uh, Paul is, is writing to the Christian church telling them that they need to understand that All of the laws, including those laws of Rome, are for God's purposes. And sometimes when things seem unfair to us, we always say that that does not seem right as as Christians. We shouldn't have to deal with this or that. When in reality, all of these things are instituted by God and there is a purpose for it. Secular government is God's servant. The government is God's servant. If God wants to bring about change, he does it within the restraints of government. Amen. Every law that you are operating under in the world system today is the result of what we call old English or the canons of of England, which was church law. Okay. I didn't get that. Okay. All right. But the Bible says that God's laws then become uh, 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 his servant to complete his purpose. He does what he needs to do through the use of his law. Any human government must enforce a minimum level of justice or that government will collapse. In other words, if you don't do anything, for example, to, uh, to stop crime, then criminals will take over and eventually they will not only kill you, but they'll kill each other. Are you still with me here? So Christians out of respect for the institution, uh, knowing that there is good in the law, serve God so that they are showing support to God by obeying government. Now, I'm trying to get the right phraseology because there are some terms here that we don't like. When we don't do two things, and there are only two things that the law requires us to do, just two. I didn't say grace. I said the law. Pay taxes and obey the law. So what's your responsibility as a citizen? I don't know that anybody loves paying taxes. Huh? But don't you love it when you can dial 911 and somebody comes? So you got to Huh? Isn't it wonderful when your trash doesn't get picked up, you can get on the phone and call. Mm? You live in a society where you pay taxes and as a result, you get certain services. And because you are a bona fide taxpayer, you get the benefits of the government that we are operating under. But you have a dual citizenship. Whoa, wait a minute. You have a dual citizenship. While you remain on the earth, you are responsible to all the laws of man. But as long as you are saved and born again, you're also responsible for another set of laws. Because your citizenship is in heaven as a saint, but as a human is here on earth. Amen. Amen. So then, what if we just use the same application for your kingdom citizenship? Amen. Amen. Yeah, y'all see where this is going. Amen. You see, where, you see where this is going, huh? <laughs> so you only have two responsibilities. <laughs> But God doesn't collect taxes. And I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> because I think by the tightness in the room, everybody's kind of figured out where. He... <laughs> see, he getting ready to talk about money now, see. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> so the Bible says in Romans 13 and 1, We are to be subject. This word is hupotasso in the uh, Greek. It's used of a soldier's absolute obedience to his superior officer. A soldier's absolute obedience to his superior officer. Let me just throw something at at you real quick. Scripture says that that word subject means to be completely obedient to your superior officer. that did not say that you had to be completely obedient to the chief or the captain. It says you're a superior officer. So if that happened to be your sergeant, you owe him absolute. So if that happened to be a deacon, Oh, here you go. Messing again. Let me. Let me <laughs> I don't write this stuff. It's just there. OK. All right. So the Bible goes on to say this. It says scripture makes an exception to this command. He says when obedience to civil authority would require disobedience to God's word. Now, most of us research so we can find a loophole. Now there isn't one, it's very clear. If God says it, you have to do it, amen? In Acts chapter five and verse 29, here's what the Bible says. Uh, Peter and other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men, amen? But then let's look at some other scriptures because I wanna call your attention to it. Now I'm gonna give you three exceptions uh, in, in a minute it might be a long minute but I'm gonna to get to it three <laughs> three exceptions look at Exodus chapter uh, 1 verse 17 the Bible says but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them but saved the male children alive who was that one that they saved that turned out to be the right choice Moses, Moses. there you go but then Daniel I love I love Daniel so I might take a minute with this one <laughs> In Daniel chapter 3, uh, verses 16 and 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and... (laughs) Nope, I can't go there today. (laughs) Abednego. (laughs) Oh, it's hard not to say that. Answered and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Uh, in that uh, it is the case, O God, whom we serve is able to deliver, from, deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O King. I always love this. I love this because, can I go back and tell you that story? Just, just a l- few pieces of it because it's such a good story that's why I say it might take a minute but but let me show you uh, Daniel chapter 3 actually let's go to Daniel uh, chapter 1 the beginning and that's why I get in trouble because I love Daniel so much I have a tendency to talk a little bit about it Uh, Daniel his name means God is my judge that's a wonderful name God is my judge But there are three things we know about uh, Daniel. One is that Daniel was raised in a godly home. What does that mean when we say a person is raised in a godly home? That means that there's some things you just learn from association. Amen. Uh, If you're in a a home where people say thank you and uh, please and yes, sir, and no, sir, you pick it up. Nobody has to teach you that. Amen. Amen. And I know we don't teach that anymore, but y'all ought to. But that's just me talking. Amen. Uh, for a number of reasons, I, since I said it, I might as well just clarify. The reason that you need to teach that is because it delineates the lines of authority. Amen. Amen. If your child says yeah to you and no, that means that they see themselves as equal to you. Yes. Amen. I'm just saying, you know. Okay. All right. The second thing we learn here is. That <laughs> yeah, I could go there, but I'm not. Uh, we learned that Daniel and his friends had a strong commitment to doing what's right. See, again, if you're raised in a Christian household, you have a commitment to doing what's right because it becomes part of your DNA to do the right thing. Oh, yeah, you get to be teenagers and you learn that that, you know, some folk out there don't do what you do. So you rebel. But the fact is, it takes rebellion to get you to get off your game because it's in you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to fight with everything that's in you to do wrong. Amen. And the third thing we see here about Daniel and his friends is that uh, they always anticipate that they're going to be challenged come on those of you who are saved and been saved most of your life you know that folks are gonna challenge your salvation so you anticipate that there's going to be a test amen and Daniel knew that uh, 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 anytime you have a gift people are gonna challenge your faith they're gonna see if you're real or you just play in church amen Uh, Some of y'all probably will call names, you know, like little church boy, little church girl and all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, uh, it's a test of your tenacity. Let me stop and say this now. A lot of us have uh, what I call intellectual salvation, but we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We understand the process of salvation and we understand what it means to be a Christian. But when when it comes to having that personal relationship with God, what are we talking about? You've never been tested. You've never been proven. It's not personal. You haven't been through. And God will always allow things in your life to prove that you're his and you prove that you are his. Y'all understand that when people say, well, uh, uh, you know, I've been blessed. I've been blessed my whole life and you don't have any uh, marks or scars to show that you've been in battle. I might challenge that you have really been blessed. You just might be playing on the other team. That's why you ain't having no problem. Are y'all with me here? And I don't mean to be, you know, off my lesson, but this is so important because if it's a personal relationship, it's not just something I understand. It is something that's in me and it makes me who I am. So when, when Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, these guys were tested. They knew the test was coming first of all, but they knew how to respond to it. Amen. 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 So we see that, 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 The reason that they were in captivity, let me talk to the other side for a little bit. The reason that they were in captivity at all is because there was something special about them. They took the choice prisoners and took them to the palace. And there they ran into their first test. Amen. Now, let's fast forward then to chapter three. And the king has made an edict. And the king says, all right, y'all, uh, we're going to have to have some, some, some prayer to this idol. And now you have to make a choice. Now, notice in chapter 3, I like it. I still want to come back to those three things in just a moment. So the Bible teaches us in chapter. Well, look at chapter two first before we get to get them uh, all up in, in in you know in trouble. Let's look at this. Uh, in uh, chapter two, the king had a dream. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. And in verse uh, thirty-six, the Bible says, "This is the dream. Now we will tell you the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king." are king of kings for the god of heaven has given you a kingdom power strength and glory and wherever the children of men dwell and wherever the wherever the children dwell or the beasts of the field and of the birds of heaven he has given them into your hands and has made you ruler over them and you are this head of gold, so if we talk about gold was was Babylon, uh, silver was uh, the Medio Persia kingdom, uh, bronze was the Greek kingdom, and uh, iron was Rome. Okay, uh, why you need to know that? Well, because I might teach it some other day. But <laughs> but the Bible says here that uh, in verse forty-five he says, "Inasmuch as you saw the." stone cut out of the mountain without hands and it broke into pieces, iron, the bronze, the clay and the silver and the gold. Uh, The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. What will come to pass after this. Verse 46, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel and commanded that they should uh, present an offering and incense to him. Is that in your Bible? Okay. Now, just keep that in mind. The king answered Daniel and said, truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and revealer of secrets, uh, since you could reveal this secret. Now, this is Nebuchadnezzar talking to Daniel about his God. Y'all seeing this? All right. Now, fast forward to chapter 3, and this is where we see Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, and he gives the size of it, and y'all don't need to know all that. Amen. So the Bible says in verse 4, Then a herald cried aloud to you, It is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Now, where did you hear this again about somebody falling down and worshiping? Just in, 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 in a few verses. When, you see that, right? The king was down. Now, if you're the king, especially if you're an unstable king. Now, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was unstable. I'm I'm not revealing any secrets, right? He was unstable. But there was a problem there uh, uh, with with self-esteem. A lot of people have that. And and he, 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 he got some information from Daniel and he felt so good about what Daniel had revealed to him. He humbled himself in front of him. But you know that if you have some issues that you're not going to stay in a humble position when you're the king. So he says, I'm going to build my own God. All right. So here he's given an edict. He said, now, if you don't bow down, uh, the king going to get you. I'm I'm shortening it for you. All right. So verse seven says, so at the time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, And y'all know what it says. It says, uh, and languages, they fell down and worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, so far so good. (laughs) Everybody doing their thing, right? But how many know there's always going to be somebody that's going to tell on you? Now, look at this. It says, therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forth and accused the Jews. Now, <laughs> if you're not part of that particular culture. And you don't do what everybody else is doing. You kind of stand out just just a tad. And any time you're singled out, any time you're singled out, here's what you need to remember. You're singled out for a blessing. Now, I know it doesn't look that way. You're singled out for a blessing. One more time. You're singled out for a blessing. Amen. You know what the old saying is. Only the best fruit gets picked on. So the Bible says, therefore, at that time, verse eight, certain Chaldeans came forth and accused the Jews. Uh, and they well, basically, they told on them. what happened here. right? And then verse 15 says, now, if you're ready at this time, you hear the sound of the horn, you know, you, you know what they're supposed to do. And, and, and the Bible says here in verse 18, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king. I love this verse. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We have no need to answer you. We don't have to tell you what's going to happen. Here's what it says in verse 17. It says, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Watch this. And he will deliver us. They said, listen, we believe God and in the process of believing God, not only are we going to get out of the furnace, we're going to get out from under your control. Now, here's what they were saying. I need to make sure you understand this. If you're passionate about what you are called to do, you have to believe that God is able to deliver you in the process of you doing what you were called to do. Amen. You have to believe that God is able to do what he promised, even though you don't see how he's going to do it. And it looks like if I do it, I'm going to lose my life. Amen. 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 And what if you do lose your life? Allah Stephen, right? Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. This is good. Verse 18 says this. But if not, this is it. If not, let it be known, O king. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, some of us are still in this place because there are things in our lives that are more important than being faithful to God. Amen. And we've set up those idols or those images and we worship them faithfully. Amen. Amen. And when we do that, what happens is we're practicing idolatry, which is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said we'll never do. Amen. We're not going to worship any other God. All right. Now, let me, let me skip back to, to, to the lesson one more time. See, the law... Was, was, was made after sin, not before sin, which means that sin preceded the law. So people knew before there was a law that there were some things that we should not do. This is why when the law was written, when the law was written, when the law was written, it was written in a form that says thou shall not. That's why they made laws telling us what we should not do do but Shadrach Meshach and Abednego had internalized this so actually they were operating under the grace clause saying I believe that if God if God does not deliver us we're gonna still be okay all right so then uh let's skip down Uh, let's see where we need to verse 21 says then these men were bound in their coats with trousers their turbans and other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace y'all know this story so that's why I'm skipping around Says, therefore because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach Meshach and Abednego now the people that were and, and and I mean, ain't that just like God? These these folks they are trying to throw you in the furnace, and they got burned. Now, what focus? Just another old saying: If you dig a ditch for somebody else, okay, all right, y'all. I know y'all don't believe that. All right. So the Bible says this in verse twenty three. It says, "And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego." fell down bound in the midst of the burning fire furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, true that king. So verse 25 says, look, he answered, I see four men loose. I see four men loose, loose." walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form, form of the fourth is like the son of God. This is an epiphany. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar, Went to the mouth of the burning f- uh, furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. <laughs> now he wasn't going in there. <laughs> <laughs> come out and come here. Amen. I mean, this is good stuff. <laughs> and uh, then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the furnace and the satraps and governors, kings. Okay. I don't need to hear all that. So here's what it says in verse 29. This is the same guy now. Remember this guy in chapter two, he said, y'all got the only God verse 29. He said, therefore, uh, I make a decree that any people, nation or language, which speaks anything amiss against God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And, and just for reference, so this, this so y'all can can just kind of get this in your head. This is King crazy. Yeah, he is. Now, I, I'm talking about the king now. And, and And that's right. But watch verse thirty. This is the most important verse, and that's why I did all of this so we could get to this. Then the king promoted. Do you hear what he said? See, because if you suffer with me, huh? He says, "For your suffering, He promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The Bible says literally he caused them to prosper. Now, I did all that to make one point, that if you are faithful to God and take a stand, he will cause you to prosper. But somewhere in between our trial and our prosperity we get scared and compromised. What you trying to say, Pastor, that at some point it doesn't seem like it's working, that change is not going to come. So we continue to do what we were doing. And by keeping on doing what we're doing, we see that uh, we show God that our heart is not for him. And at that point in time, we tend to lose Mark chapter 10. Y'all know the story here. And then I get back to them three things. Uh-oh. We're going to get much more than them three things. I can tell you that right now. Verse 28 says this. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, "Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, Brothers or sisters, father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. Stop right there. Peter was concerned that I had to give up everything if I'm going to follow you. And the thing that that he mentions is everything that is uh, humanly valuable relationships, possessions. And he says, if you're going to follow, you're going to have to give it up. Now look at what he said here, because I mentioned to you earlier that a lot of us worship idols. And it could be wife, could be husband, churn. Now children become the biggest idols. Huh? Next, our money. Amen. And those two things become the real test of your commitment. Oh, you're looking at me funny now. Abraham, I want your only son. If you're not willing to give it to me, you can't be the father of faith. Amen. Amen. See, here we go back again. This is the difference between intellectual salvation and personal salvation. Now, what I'm about to say is going to be terrifying to some of you. And I'm going to pray for you afterwards if I need to. But sometimes you need to figure out whether it's more important for you to go to heaven or for your child to go to heaven. How's that, Pastor? Because if you're putting all your eggs in that basket and the child still not get saved, And what have you done? But if you stay saved and you stay faithful and you stay obedient, you can always intercede for the child. But if you give all your time and attention to the child. (sighs) It's hard teaching. But you know what? I don't know anywhere in the Bible. Anywhere. Let me give it to you right here to answer. We're still in Mark chapter 10. Verse 30 says, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children. And you know, you ask yourself, how do you get another mother? You know, uh, everything ain't about blood. Amen. Amen. Okay, well let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. It says mothers and children and lands with which is the test for you to decide what's more important. See, I always get to this place and I always think and I'm not going there but I always think about our testimony because we had to make a choice are we going to stand for God for our son or are we going to stand for our son and it watched out It it played out in real time right here in the congregation. And that's when you learn how to practice what you preach. My thing, and thank God I had a partner that was with me, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to stand for what God said. I don't care what else happens. I'm going to stand for what God said. And by doing so, I have power now to fight Amen. for my soul. Amen. But if I let my child go, then God's not going to honor that. And then I lose both. Amen. Mm. I don't know where this, how this message took a left turn. Verse 31 says, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. I'm going to tell you what, it may look like I'm last now. (laughs) If it's got to be personal, make it personal with God. Make it it personal with God. Hmm? First Kings. Chapter eighteen, I believe it is. First Kings. Anyway, I can tell you what the scripture says. I just need to find the citation. The question comes up. And the prophet says, how long will you halt between two opinions? Y'all remember that? He said, if God is God, then serve him. But if Baal is God, you need to go that way. What is it? 1821, okay. <laughs> First Kings 1821. Y'all put it up for him. There you go. And you see what it says there. And see, that's where some of us are right at James 1 and 8. Put that up, too. I'm sorry I don't have all these scriptures, but they just messages, like I said, took a turn. So. James 1 and 8. James 1 and 8. Say what? Faltering between two opinions. Now, let me tell you this since I'm just about out of time, I can't finish. (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) I still got three things, right? Okay. Most Christians are always faltering between two opinions, two states of mind, simply because we'll do something right for a season. And then when trouble comes, we modify the behavior. When in reality, we have the, we have the scriptures and we have the teaching, huh? and we have lived with practical experiences so why do we change behavior thinking that we're going to get something different? Amen. Well, I know the, the word said I need to stay in here and believe it, but uh, uh, you know it just it just seems like it just seems like it 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 just seems like anybody ever said that it just it just seems like. Hmm? Even in North Carolina has a motto that says that ain't right. Birdie, what would it say? What? That's what it is. To be rather than to seem. Y'all didn't know that. Shame on you. I'm going to tell your teacher. All right. The question is: the question is, uh, where, where are the exceptions? Let me give you. I got three here. All right, quickly. First, if you're asked to violate a command of God, we need to do something different. I read Acts chapter five. Uh, let me show you in Acts chapter four, verses seventeen through twenty. Let's see. I've got those for you. Uh, it says here, but uh, well, let me just tell you what it says. Uh, they were told not to preach the gospel. They did it anyway, because they said they have to. They have to do this. Amen. So, so the Bible teaches us then that when it violates a command of God, you should obey God. The second thing is, Christians must always, always resist uh, when asked to do anything that's immoral. Immoral. Amen. Uh, we're talking about. Things of sexual implications or application, and we're also talking about uh, uh, the area of what we allow to flow in our minds—pornography, uh, uh, violence. Uh, there are things that we have to make sure that that we don't get involved in, because God says that if if even if someone in authority asks us to do that, it's wrong. Amen. Because one thing we have to do is always remember uh, that we are loyal to Christ and not to man. And thirdly, thirdly, believers must never go against Christian conscience in order to obey government. Uh, There are some religions that have what we call conscientious objectors. Y'all know? That means that that my religion will not allow me to fight. Now I think. I can't say what I'm thinking. OK, you ought to apply the slap test to those people. <laughs> That's a joke now. Before we go in for that, that's a joke. But if you're conscious of that, a joke. I stop right. I need to stop right there. Stop. Thank you, brother. Stop. <laughs> but in those situations, if, if if that is a conviction of your conscience, uh, don't do it. Okay. Now, you have to understand something. If you say, I'm not going to do this, there are going to be consequences. OK, and all you need to know is that if I'm doing it for God, I don't care about the consequences. All right. Don't say you stand for something. And when the test come, you say, well, I ain't think it will be like this. All right, last but not least, let me give you this and then I'll, I'll finish this up next week. Uh, lawlessness, what, what is, which is what the Bible is talking about, is contempt for authority. Lawlessness is contempt for authority. Lawlessness, contempt for authority. Now, let me just tell you something. As a child of God, you have to be careful. That you're not practicing lawlessness in your spiritual walk, even though you're doing everything right. Let me say that again. Because contempt doesn't have to be verbal. Sometimes your attitude shows that you have contempt for that authority. That's called lawlessness. All lawlessness is sin. All right, let me try it on this side right here. If it's lawlessness, it's sin. So contempt for authority is lawlessness. Some people think that just because they don't do it, that they're okay. You're still sinning. And that means that, listen, you haven't been delivered. That means that you still have that same sin nature that's operating in you. March is going to be a tough month. Isn't it? So John, first John, first John. And I'm sorry to take a few minutes, but I need to get this out before I go to next week. First John, chapter three, verse four says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. One more time. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is is lawlessness. Now notice that John does not call this transgression and he doesn't call it offense, but he uses the word anemia. This means lawlessness or the spirit of refusing control. Did you understand what I just said? It is the spirit of refusing control. This is the the, the 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 sin most saints commit unwittingly. You refuse to be controlled. I find I find this that. A majority of people, if I say go there, they'll go over there. Mm-hmm. Listen, I watch this thing right up in here when we say, sit right here. Sit right right here. Sit right right here. And everybody sits over there. So who told them to sit over there when I said to sit? And I promise you, everybody will have a good reason. Well, Pastor, I tripped and fell in that chair. I didn't want to be disrupted, so I just sat there. No, it's the little foxes. All lawlessness. Is sin and lawlessness is refusal to be controlled. You can't tell me what to do with my money. I never try because it's your money. I'm only talking about God's money. I don't care about your money. You do whatever you want with yours. Hmm? I don't think understand, anybody understands that uh, when it comes to the church, there's a certain uh, stewardship responsibility that's given to the head. Amen. And, and, and that means that I am the manager of God's money. Does anybody can I just talk about this because I'm out of time? I'm the manager of God's money for this house. You, you know what that means? That means that uh, God has already told me what money is supposed to be here. And he tells me to superintend that money. So when you don't bring it, that's lawlessness. Amen. Amen. And that's sin. Amen. 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 Now, you want to you want to be a good, you know, praiser, and you want to be a good singer and a good uh, a worshiper. and You want to uh, 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 preach and prophesy and, and pray for folks but your lawlessness, you're lawless. So now what you do, <laughs> I can't pick on my dancers. I tell you what, I'll pick on the boss. She ought to be able to take it, right? Amen. <laughs> and if she can't, she's going to have to take it anyway. Uh, Sister Laura dances around in front of you all and you say, oh, look at the spirit of the Lord moving. If she's operating in a wrong spirit. Mm -hmm. She is infecting all of you with that wrong spirit. That's why we want them to be clean. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So we want the same two rules that apply. In Romans 13, we want you to obey, but we also want you to pay. Oh, no, y'all you're, you're scared? No, 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 no. <laughs> Seriously. If you are before the people and you are presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, then you need to have your finances in order, too. Because if you're putting that spirit on other folk, then that's why, that's why. Here we go now. That's why I can't superintend what ain't coming in because you holding it up. Now, go run tell that. (laughs) No, it's important because, you know, uh, but can I. Let me tell you this before I go any further. You guys, you guys, they spring. Y'all the greatest givers ever. Y'all, you really are. I'm serious, y'all are. And I would put you up. I told her, I said, I'll put them up against anybody. Am I happy about what you do? No. Do I appreciate what you do? Yes. Are you doing exceedingly abundantly? Yes. Are you doing what God said? Now you ask me, how do I know? Because every unfunded project I have is a result of somebody's disobedience. Because God wouldn't tell me to do something if he hadn't already sent the money. Don't be looking at me funny. No, I ain't complaining either. I'm praising you. I know you. I'm hugging you with the left hand. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about every church. Every church could do better. Every church could do better. And all I'm saying is I appreciate that you are not just good, you're better. But you ain't yet best. And that's what I'm looking for. Amen? Amen. All right. Come on, stand up. I got to stop now. Good place to stop, right?